everyone. Welcome to the happiest pod on earth. I'm Ariel. And I'm Stephanie. And we're Disney fans, but we're really so much more than that. I'm an educator. I'm a licensed therapist. And uh, together, this place is where we discuss... And dissect Disney mediums with a critical lens. So I'm curious, Steph, what are we breaking down today? Well, today we are breaking down self-care and Disney and mainly the ways that we use different Disney um, forms of media to help us get through our everyday lives, um, help us get through our everyday routines and how we can maybe give you guys some tips to use in your everyday lives and, you know, kind of connect in that way. Because I feel that sometimes we use Disney as a form of just self-care and, you know, ways to just make us happy and grounded again. Would you agree? I agree. Absolutely. I think um, I think it's important that we clear up a common misconception when it comes to self-care. Um, a lot of people, particularly even my clients, my friends and my family, when they hear self-care, they make it synonymous with being self-indulgent mm. or being selfish. Mm hmm. Um, I, I don't know. Does that does that sound similar yeah. to the way that you've heard it presented? <laughs> and I think self-care is one of those things that they preach in our professional developments at the school but it's also like yeah i would love to practice self-care but can i even carve out time in my day and my week seeing how busy we are with our schedules mm -hmm. with our mm -hmm. students with our home like mm -hmm. i feel like there is a level of privilege when it comes to being able to do self-care quote unquote for yourself mm -hmm. because we think of getting a pedicure getting a manicure going mm -hmm. to get a massage mm -hmm. those things take money and time and sometimes yes. we just don't have those things yes so that's why i think like one of the things we want to challenge is this idea of self-care and how it's been mm -hmm. portrayed in mainstream and even you bring up in professional development like they scream self-care but nobody actually defines it nobody yep. actually says what it is yeah um and you can look up the word self and you can look up the word care uh, and sort of <laughs> cobble something together right. um but essentially uh to give everyone a, a definition or at least a definition we're going to use in this show is that self-care is a conscious act it's doing something to establish and maintain specific pillars of well-being that prevent illness or deterioration um, and these pillars may be different for everyone, um, but the common pillars that at least I see in my practice are hygiene, lifestyle, nutrition, environment, medical care, mental care, and even cultural connection. Mm. I find that when we touch those different pillars in my clients' lives, they are able to maintain mental wellness and, and even prevent um, their symptoms from becoming a mental health disorder, or at least get reprieved from a current one. Yeah. I totally hear that. And when we break it down like that, talking about hygiene, nutrition, environment, just putting yourself in, in these places that don't really cost too much money, like remember to brush your teeth every day or remember mm -hmm. to take a shower when, you know, you just don't feel like, you know, you're yourself. Like those little things could be self-care. It doesn't have to be getting a makeover. It doesn't have to be changing up your whole entire look. It could just make sure that you are healthy and mm -hmm. living every single day not and not feeling like you're falling or failing mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. the culture connection to me that's something that i didn't know about and i think 
that really speaks volumes, especially when connecting as a second generation um, immigrant like me, like I, my parents came to this country and, you know, we were assimilated very, very quickly into American lifestyle. So every time I get to connect with my culture, it revitalizes me. And, you know, if you guys can agree with that, there's just it, it's kind of you can't really explain it um, yeah. when yeah. you hear something that you resonate with, with your culture. And I think that's like a great way of defining self-care that makes it a lot more accessible to everyone. Accessible and, and even considering it a, a practical maintenance. Like mm-hmm. there's a difference between, you know, getting your car washed and then getting your car regular tune up. Right. Like right. we know when we're supposed to change oil. We mm-hmm. know when we're supposed to put gas in it. Some of us will push the car till E. Yep. Um, how how often do we do that till the car starts to run down versus right. somebody who's doing regular maintenance on the vehicle? Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe they polish and prime it every once in a while. That's that's more indulgent self-care to the car. Mm-hmm. But this is the same with us. We may do things that make us feel more polished, but our regular maintenance, like you mentioned, just even personal hygiene. What I notice with my clients is they will see that when they're dipping into a depression, the first thing to go is they will skip a shower or two. Mm. Or um, they'll they'll go to bed with, without brushing their teeth or mm-hmm. um, or brushing their hair, and that's usually a sign that they're they're starting to dip into mental and wellness. And so if they lean in on that pillar of hygiene, if I just kind of try and make make myself um, incorporate this a little bit better or find what I need to change so that I can incorporate this while I'm feeling unwell, mm-hmm. it'll help prevent deterioration. It'll help prevent me from dipping into full blown depression. Right, and I mean. Bringing it back a little bit to Disney, I mean, yeah, Ariel, what kind of self-care things do you do that's Disney themed? I know we haven't been to the parks in quite some time because of Mm -hmm. COVID, but what are like the little things that you've done to stay connected to Disney and also kind of to nourish yourself, whether it be physically or mentally? Well, before I talk about sort of like one of the newer big things, uh, Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, some of the little things uh, are definitely... um, I I have Disney Plus sort of running in the background. I have my go-to episodes Mm -hmm. um, or movies that... Uh, like hearing the voices, hearing the songs just gives me feelings of joy. I don't even need to be actively participating in it to know that I'm giving myself some moments of self-care. Mm-hmm. Um, if if um, we're looking at, at these pillars, it's it's my environment. I've now changed my environment of like, if I have to sit down and write notes and do like boring paperwork, mm-hmm. um, it's turned from uh, being monotonous tasks to like hearing these soothing sounds of um, uh, just music that I can actively or passively sing or hear the lyrics to or Mm -hmm. just inspiring songs of like my favorite princesses. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. That's awesome. I know for me, I started decorating my workspace and my room with Disney memorabilia. I have bought so many things at the park, but Mm -hmm. I never put them up or like I just don't display them because I'm so busy with all these other things. But then when I finally got a chance to just be in my room because we all had to be in our rooms at one point. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, why don't we just put up these posters or why don't I finally print out these pictures of me and my friends mm-hmm. at Disneyland? Mm-hmm. Um, it was a little bittersweet doing those yes. things in the moment just because I didn't know when I was going to go back to the parks. Yeah. But I think seeing those things kind of put me at ease because I'm like, you know what? 
Disneyland is my happy place. What, it, all of these little trinkets have memories tied to them, which are happy memories mm-hmm. um, or at least sentimental memories to me. So, you know, seeing like my little pop figurines of, you know, the princesses and Mulan and mm-hmm. um, seeing my vintage Disney posters and finally going through my camera roll and organizing my <laughs> thousands of pictures from PhotoPass and, you know, all of the things that we did. And I, I'm not sure if, you know, a lot of you have iPhones, but since the new iOS update, it gives you memories on mm-hmm. your little widget. Mm-hmm. So many of those memories are Disney memories because I take so many pictures. I randomly see like a Finding Nemo cake pop and, you know, just random stuff like that. And it makes me smile. It makes me go, you know what? Those were happy times. I'm pretty sure we'll be back to those in no time. And, you know, but until then, I'll just take these memories and kind of just stay connected to them. Um, and also reminisce with my friends about them. I, I'll like text message someone be like, oh my gosh, this picture just popped up. And that was a way of connecting with my friends, even though we were kind of far away. So, yeah. Yeah. So another another example of environment, right? Like mm-hmm. you surrounded yourself with, with Disney, something that's soothing for you, has, has um, strong connection to you. Um, and you took time out of your day to do it. Like you oh. decided that prioritizing your space to be comforting was important. Mm-hmm. Totally. It was like mini Disneyland up in here. <laughs> <laughs> like what, when it comes to um, looking at some of these other pillars and at least connecting them with Disney, um, uh, I, I was certainly like when I'm thinking of nutrition, um, mm. I've I've looked up recipes for things that I've <laughs> yeah. eaten Oh my gosh. Disneyland. Thank you for mentioning that. Oh my gosh. I think, did you try to recreate a Disney recipe over quarantine? I tried to recreate churros. It was a disaster. (laughs) But part of like my self-care was trying to cook. Um, Mm -hmm. It didn't have, um, nutrition wise, it's not that, so I guess it leans in more lifestyle if we're talking about just learning Mm -hmm. how to cook. I wasn't trying to make a healthy churro. (laughs) Oh no. (laughs) But it it was just the the sheer fact that I was trying to like learn this skill, Mm -hmm. trying to do something fun, and I didn't put any pressure on myself. So the thing Mm -hmm. is sometimes we we turn self-cares into passions or even monetize passions where it's like I have to be perfect at it I have to hit a benchmark I have Mm -hmm. to have an achievement Um, and for me it was like I just want to see if this is a thing I can do it's not a thing I can do Um, I still thoroughly enjoyed myself (laughs) and let me just take that a step forward or maybe even backwards so I put um, our family every year does uh, Secret Santa for Christmas right Mm -hmm. and for my one of my Secret Santa presents was the Disneyland cookbook the unofficial one Um, if you guys want to look it up it's on Amazon it's made by a super Disney fan just like us and she has taken the time to like perfect these recipes right so I got it and then I was like oh my gosh I'm gonna do all these things and this was at the height of let's all bake quarantine time (laughs) and everyone is making bread and all this stuff my starter bread my starter bread my starter bread oh does anybody have like sourdough starter so I was like oh the first thing I'm gonna do is I'm gonna make the raspberry macaron not the Matterhorn one but the raspberry macaron and okay I've never made a macaron in my life I've consumed millions of them but I've never made one Mm -hmm. and I always tell myself oh yeah I'm gonna make it I watch every baking show and I go I can do it better than that. Like, oh, <laughs> they didn't get the foot on it, blah, 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 blah. So ever since I got the book, I have done none of the recipes so far. <laughs> Quarantine is done and over with, and I just moved it from one bookshelf to the other. However, I will one of these days, maybe by the end of this year, finally do one. And like you said, I think there was like such a big 
I don't know if it was backlash on, you know, wanting to say I, I accomplished so much during quarantine. Mm. And there were reminders that my friends and other people would say on their Instagram and their stories. And they were like, you don't have to do that. Just the no. sheer like want to to do something different was more than enough. Like we mm-hmm. were all mm-hmm. going through it this past mm-hmm. year. And the fact that I was like, oh, let me even try and recreate some of these things. I felt like that was a big enough step for me yes. <laughs> to even want to. Yes. Now I have the tools. I just have to do it. And I that didn't deter me at all. <laughs> but okay. I have yet to crack open that book and actually get ingredients and do something <laughs> like that. But um yeah i mean for those of you out there who feel like you guys didn't accomplish anything during quarantine it's okay you don't have to yeah i think that you know what we want to acknowledge is every single person living in this earth right now has not survived a pandemic until we had a pandemic so there was no we have no right way right like there was no Mm -hmm. there was no shared history or cultural consciousness and that we could lean on and be like this is how you survive a pandemic Right. right so if you made it on the other side and you're here you did it right like yeah. that's it. If you on the back. It, if you learned a new language, kudos for you. If you did the same thing going in and the same thing going out, kudos for you. Because the point was to survive the pandemic. Yeah. The point was to make it through. Oh no. Oh, speaking of making it through, <laughs> my son did not make it down the hallway. <laughs> Clearly, <laughs> he's okay though. He's okay. He's okay. He's got plenty of people watching him. Um, but yeah, I mean, going back to. I guess using self-care and maybe even throwing in mindfulness in there. Mm-hmm. Um, Definitely I, that's part of mental care. Yeah. And that, yeah. that pillar of, of mental wellness, we forget that our mind is a muscle that mm-hmm. needs to be actively used and and, um, and exercised. Yeah, definitely. And Ariel, do you mind just giving us a little bit of background of what exactly mindfulness is defined so that our listeners can kind of, you know, center themselves on that? Absolutely. So mindfulness is a practice. It's been utilized by many religions and secular traditions. Um, You can find this practice, meditation and meditative prayer um, in many secular traditions. And the history of the practice can be found in Buddhism, Hinduism, and even has roots in Judaism. Um, Christianity and Islam also have hints of mindfulness and meditation specifically or mindful prayer. Um, But essentially, mindfulness is the ability to be fully present and aware of the current moment and responding without judgment or reactivity. I'm going to repeat that again. Responding without judgment or reactivity. Now, I can tell you there have been times where I've been fully aware of the moment, but I've been aware of my judgment of the moment (laughs) or how angry I got on the moment. Um, so I would say that that's what makes it an exercise. It's mm-hmm. active practice to be able to to gain that skill set. Um, oftentimes, the practice does focus on breath or body or mind and environment, mm-hmm. um, and that's where you you can create that that. Uh, experience of being fully aware without judgment because you've sort of focused your senses on things. Mm-hmm. Um, and man, mindfulness has many benefits uh, for all of us, including just decreasing stress, um, increasing treatment effectiveness for mental mm-hmm. medical conditions. Lots of my clients who have chronic pain, mindfulness has allowed them to lessen those pain numbers. Um, it definitely improves academic success through increased attention and focus. Like making yourself focus on the present moment is such a strong ability to sustain focus just like later on in life. 
Um, and, and it really prevents burnout. And when mm-hmm. it comes to helping professions and teaching professions, <laughs> burnout is usually the first thing that comes that makes us want to go. Yep, definitely. And I mean, for me, using mindfulness in my classroom previously, it was a a game changer, really. We integrated mindfulness practices every single day after we did like a really big outdoor activity like recess or lunch. Um, If it was a hot day, especially, we would just turn down the lights, put some soothing music on and just let them do mindful coloring. Just be with themselves, like no talking, nothing at all, no stimulation. It's just a time for them to be one with themselves. Mm -hmm. If they didn't want to color, that's okay. If they just wanted to sit and be quiet, those just 10 minutes, sometimes maybe even 15, if they were really like wanting that quiet time Mm -hmm. was so essential to transitioning into the next activity. And, you know, we noticed as a school staff that implementing mindfulness practices was effective in de-escalating situations like, you know, little verbal fights or maybe even physical fights um, when emotions were running super high, like two kids wouldn't agree on the playground, they're playing soccer or something, we would just tell them to take a step back, take a deep breath, and then self-regulate. And then more and more that they practice that, especially if they started in the younger grades, like in kindergarten, first grade, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. by the time that they get to fifth grade, most of them were able to just hang out and deal with their situations on their own between themselves without any adult intervention or Mm -hmm. you know any further escalation now of course we don't live in a perfect world like (laughs) kids are gonna be (laughs) always you know trying to one-up each other but there was always that one kid was just like hey why don't you guys take a step back breathe maybe call an adult if you need that adult Mm -hmm. to you know help you find out your situation Mm -hmm. and you know just that little step could have prevented something big you know Um, So in the classroom, it proved to be really, really important practicing mindfulness. And it gave us teachers a moment of mindfulness, too, before we transitioned into the next thing. Um, We always focus on the kids and letting them have their transitions and having them be smooth. But for us adults, it's the exact same thing. We needed that like little breath before we started the new thing. (laughs) Because, you know, what, we want to be in our right minds, too. Um, Switching gears a little bit. As a mother, I used Disney Plus um, mm-hmm. as my son was in his early, early months. Um, and one of the things that we really loved to use in Disney Plus was Zenimation. And Zenimation, so, yeah. So so you said you're his early months. Wait, so how old is he? So now he's one, but we practice. So yeah. mindfulness is something you can do with infants. Yes, absolutely. Before <laughs> they even know what mindfulness even is. Um, we would play Zenimation, which if you guys don't know, it's on Disney Plus, And it is a series of beautiful landscapes from all of the movies. And um, do they do TV shows? Or is it just um, movies? I, I've only seen Disney movies specifically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. they would play either the soundtracks of the movies or nature sounds or any sort of, um, I guess, audio effects that yes. Disney uses for any of their movies, isolates them and seamlessly puts them together in one um, themed episode. So mm-hmm. I think for one of the episodes, it was all ocean sounds. So it was yeah. Nemo, Moana. Um, I even think they did Peter Pan for like a little bit and <laughs> did some of the aerial shots over the island. Um, but it was beautiful because it wasn't quite using music and it wasn't quite just using, you know, 
playing a movie in the background. It was like、mm-hmm. as if they were both honoring all of the audio <laughs> specialties in、yes. all of their movies and just highlighting the amazing work that they do. And those soothing sounds help put my son to sleep、um, every so often. So I just have it in the background and it was soothing for both of us. And we were both zenning out to Zenimation <laughs> and it was awesome. And I think that was like a really, it was like a surprise that I saw it on Disney Plus. I didn't know what it was at first.、Um, but it, it's great if you guys. Can check it out one day. Yeah, I,、um, I do to let my clients know、uh, about Zenimation.、Uh, so, when, when it comes to learning a mindfulness based practice, one of the difficult things is if you're somebody who has、um, very strong anxiety. So,、uh, the anxiety is almost your superpower if we want to make it strength based. <laughs>、yeah. um, sometimes focusing on your breath or your heart makes you breathe faster and your heart pump faster. Because, like,、mm-hmm. you're hearing it and you're noticing it, and you're thinking, wow, I can hear myself breathing. And that freaks you out.、Mm-hmm. That's, that is so common, which is a lot of reasons why、um, people with anxiety have difficulty learning just take a breath, just do mindfulness,、yeah. just, be, just be aware of the moment because、mm-hmm. they're being told to focus on a part of themselves that is a trigger or reminder for the anxiety. Mm-hmm. So, with Zenimation、um, and anyone else who's attempting to learn mindfulness,、uh, Guided mindful meditation is helpful when you hear a script and someone talking, but mindful sounds and imagery would be the, the strongest sort of like transition or helper、mm. tool.、Um, so, with Zenimation, I have my clients pick a,、um, a specific theme, and they have some really interesting ones, not just like、um, uh, environment like water、mm-hmm. or ocean, but they have、um, things that would make you think discovery. And、yeah. I'm just like, how do, you, how do you present that with sound and sight and, and no words? They do it. They totally do it. And so we, we, we focus on that. We focus on the sounds and the imagery for those seven minutes because they're like seven minutes long. The very、yeah. last one of each season is like an hour or 45 or something like that. But that's、yeah. like once you've become like the mindful, <laughs> the most mindful.、Guru. Yes. <laughs> Disney mindfulness guru. <laughs> But、um, yeah, so we, we choose a theme, we watch it, and we, we focus on breath, but we match our breathing to the sounds we hear.、Mm, um, like and, and sometimes I'll, I'll tell my clients, like outside of session, say the words out loud that you're thinking in your head. So that allows you to, to notice them without judgment because you've acknowledged them by saying them, noticing them,、um, but you aren't adding to them and you aren't reacting to them. So、mm. it's just like, I'm watching this scene from. Uh, I'm watching the wave and I'm, I'm watching Lilo riding the wave. And that makes me think of my time when I was with my family in Hawaii and I got scared and I didn't want to go on a surfboard. And now I see a new scene and it has nothing to do with those things. I'm going to keep moving, right? Like it <laughs> makes the practice more active and、yeah. it gives a lot of grounding. That's awesome. And, you know, Like, as I was watching it, I think I was so zenned out that I was like just in awe of so much of the animation.、Yes. I was like, oh my gosh, this is so beautiful. And I don't know if it reminded you, but it reminded me of、um, the Animation Academy at California Adventure.、Um, yeah. If you go down Hollywood Boulevard in California Adventure, if any of you guys have gone, you can go to Animation Academy and then you can draw a character、mm-hmm. and they change、mm-hmm. the character every like. Hour every time they do it, but in that room in the middle, they just play 
clips of Disney movies and、mm-hmm. they have different screens playing either the actual animation, the making of the animation, or、mm-hmm. just the backgrounds.、Mm-hmm. And Zenimation was like exactly that. And I was like, oh, I feel like I'm at California Adventure <laughs> because that was the place that I would just sit on the floor and try just to get it, like take in the AC because it was so hot outside. <laughs> <laughs> If you guys are like hardcore Disney fans, that was a place to just pass out because you、yes. were so tired. And that is one of the, I mean, I feel like that totally taps into self care while at the parks. Yes. Because it is visual stimulation, auditory stimulation, physical stimulation. You are walking like 20,000 steps a day and you just need. To find a place and sit that's cold. Yes. And yes. that was one of those places. And you could say that, you know, that was maybe the precursor to Zenimation before it even like started.、Uh, yeah, I think that one of the things that you're really acknowledging is that、um, environment makes it difficult or easy、uh, mm-hmm. to, to be mindful,、um, to have self care. And,、um, and the, a, a good chunk of it involves. Like, what actually inspires you and what grounds you? Because you, you mentioned stimulation, auditory, and visual stimulation, but、mm-hmm. it isn't stimulating in that, like, like being on the Incredicoaster, right?、Oh, like, yeah, it's、no. not heart pumping and screaming. It's, it's being present, it's being relaxed, it's、mm-hmm. feeling your body and how it responds to these sights and sounds, and that that feeling is comforting. Yeah, it definitely is. Even though at the end of the day, you're like, I need to pass out. <laughs> It is comforting. And I think that's I think that's the part of Disney magic where it could, you are like pulled so many different ways emotionally. <laughs> and, you know, in the end, it just it feels so fulfilling and satisfying.、Yes. And you're just like, you know what? That was worth it. Even though I'm like dead tired, my feet hurt the next day, I feel happy and fulfilled. And, you know, Disney to me is just such a unique. Way of self care、mm-hmm. because not only, you know, do the movies resonate with me, the shows resonate with me, but also being a part of the Disney culture is really comforting.、Um, that sense of community with you, of course, Ariel,、yeah. um, with Josue and Lara, who have, you know, so graciously given us this podcast. I wouldn't have、you、made these、too. strong connections if,、mm-hmm. you know, we didn't have that common ground. And I think, you know, building that community, part of our culture, again,、yes. um, is such a big part of self care. I think even in, in going into cultural connection, right?、Mm-hmm. We've talked about Disney Plus's animation. I think, you know, what I've also noticed、um, is their curated,、um, uh, what would you call them, playlists? Video yeah, suggestions? Because、yeah. I, I saw it for、yeah. um, mm-hmm. AAPI Appreciation Month,、yes. mm-hmm. Pride Month this month,、um, they did Black I, History Month. I think that.、Um, It's not so much connecting to your specific culture, but it's,、mm-hmm. it's feeling a sense that your culture is included and important. Yeah,、mm-hmm. definitely.、Um, I mean, I didn't quite get to look at the AAPI month、um, curated, I guess, library. But I mean, the fact that they could even have content like that、mm-hmm. is huge. Like, I didn't see myself until Lilo and Stitch, honestly. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I didn't see, you know, when I saw Nani, I was like, that is what my people look like. <laughs> she is tan, she's beautiful, she's working hard, and she's thick. She's thick. <laughs> she's not skinny, and it's great. And, you know, seeing that culture reflected, even though I'm, you know, I don't identify as part of the Hawaiian culture, I think just, you know, seeing myself represented was huge.、Um, mm-hmm. 
But yeah, I definitely agree that, you know, they're they're really working hard to create not just Disney culture, but Disney culture reflected in who we identify as and yeah, who, the diversity of the audience. Yeah, the diversity of the audience, because Disney fans come in all shapes and sizes. Mm-hmm. I, I think um, even noticing uh, how the park celebrates like mm-hmm. um, uh, like the Lunar New Year Festival. Yeah, yeah. Um, Food and Wine Fest. There's so many more cards now that introduce ethnic um, cuisines. Um, Wasn't it like last last year they had yeah. adobo? <laughs> yeah, they had adobo. And then I think they even had like a pork lechon like sandwich i mean they've always had like banh mi which is awesome Mm. uh Mm -hmm. vietnamese sandwiches and um they've of course done so many like iterations of traditional mexican cuisine Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. and even just highlighting quote-unquote california cuisine (laughs) which to (laughs) me as a californian i still kind of don't understand (laughs) what i mean if you haven't any idea ariel let please like explain it to me because california cuisine is just like I don't. I, I don't know what it is. <laughs> you, as as uh, as local, and me as a transplant, are both confused. Because um, <laughs> I mean, you've seen it, right? Like in the food and wine festival, they're like, "Oh, this is like California cuisine," or at the wine, um, the wine cellar, Blue Sky Wine Cellar, or yeah. like the restaurant behind it. Mm-hmm. It's like, "Oh, California cuisine fair," and I'm like. But what is that? Yeah, I think. Isn't it just things that you can drink with wine or eat with wine? Yeah. And like when if I'm thinking California cuisine, I'm thinking like, oh, from local farmers and growers or like local winery up up in Napa. No. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I mean, I don't I don't know if I've ever heard of like, oh, this is, you know, the 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 most Arizona cuisine or, you know, Nevada <laughs> cuisine. Like, that. I don't hear that, but I hear a lot of California cuisine. But I think it's just a marketing gimmick. Yeah. If you guys that. have any idea, please, like, tweet at us at yes. happiestpodgt or, you know, comment on our Instagram. Please let us know um, because I'm confused. <laughs> Way confused. I just want to see. Okay, we we talked a few different things in regards to the pillars. Can you think of anything essentially Disney related when it comes to um, lifestyle, really specifically nutrition mm. and medical care? When I think of lifestyle, I think of um, uh, your your homies that do the Disney marathon. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> which for isn't sure. exactly self care, but like building that practice would yeah. be. I think. I mean, I think it is a you know. A little bit of self-care like so I have these two really good friends best friends of mine who run all the Disney marathons and they even did the dopey they challenge at Walt Disney run World. them run them well it's like a run walk I mean it's a long distance so the dopey <laughs> challenge they ran all four parks mm. and even around like downtown Disney um, and they got medals for every single one and these two are super busy individuals they were both going to school at the same time yeah. um, one to be a a physical therapist and the other to be a teacher mm-hmm. and they were like in the middle of their schooling and yeah, and, they, and they're both working and they're both working jobs on the side mm-hmm. and they found time to carve out for themselves train and run these marathons mm-hmm. and they did it you know i mean they did it yes yes <laughs> i don't think i'd be able to do it it's something that i'm working towards but i think for them um 
running is such a part of their lifestyle and they are mm-hmm. such huge Disney fans that it mm-hmm. was just like perfect. Like not only were they running at their favorite parks or got to explore parks at Disney World that they didn't get to go to before, but at the same time they were doing it together as a couple yeah. and they were doing it also with their friends and they mm-hmm. were doing it to better their their running time, their mm-hmm. their physicality mm-hmm. and really just to clear their minds. So I mean like that's just one of the examples of self-care in in the avenue of kind of hitting all your all your goals in one by you know joining a Disney marathon. Yeah, I think one of the things that when it comes to self-care that we forget is that self-care needs to also be somewhat self-sustaining. And mm-hmm. what I mean by that is that when we create goals Once you've achieved the goal, you check it off. When you create systems of habit, what you're saying is that um, this is essential and key as part of my daily living. Mm-hmm. And so for them to be able to, to make that accomplishment, um, I doubt that they were able to do the same routine every single day because they were yeah. so busy. Instead, right. it was, if my overall goal is increasing my wellness and being able to do this run, then that means maybe every day or maybe every other day, I just mm-hmm. have to move my body more. Right. Um, but it doesn't mean that I have to run like three miles every single day uh, mm-hmm. at, at 4 a.m. and then again in the evening at like 10 a.m. 10 p.m. right no so I think when um, a book that I always suggest to my clients is called Atomic Habits um, it isn't specifically Disney related but it it really talks about how um, if we create habits that are systemic that are included in our system of our daily living it's easier to achieve it becomes just just part of our routine in our day for maintenance again just bringing it back to that idea of mm-hmm. maintenance yeah for sure i mean i know when i was watching them train for these marathons it would just be on the weekends they were training because they were so busy during the weekdays and it was just you know they were they had planned it so far in advance that they were just you know inching closer and closer to just hitting their pr or even creating a Mm -hmm. pr for them a personal Mm -hmm. record um they weren't necessarily trying to win the race um if anything they were just coordinating what outfits they were going to wear at every (laughs) park i I think you're also highlighting that self-care does have to be planned like yes. unfortunately it doesn't unfortunately. just like happen upon you and there isn't mm-hmm. a perfect day for it to to occur. Mm-hmm. And I mean it doesn't even have to be months of planning. It could just, mm-hmm. you know, you could say, "Hey, I'm going to reserve 20 minutes put on or maybe even 7 if you were talking about like an episode of Zenimation. Zenimation. Just those 7 minutes of just being with yourself mindful um can make mm-hmm. a huge difference and mm-hmm. I think I I know um, my friends who were running those marathons, just getting out there and like just running. And mm-hmm. it didn't mm-hmm. even have to be like the full marathon length because that's really long. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just, you know, mm-hmm. getting out there and getting their bodies moving every week was essential mm-hmm. to them running that race. And yeah. yeah, I mean, they were planning so many other things. The race was just, you know, the overarching, you know, the overarching goal for, mm-hmm. you know, all the other things that they accomplished in preparing for the race. I think um, looking at these pillars again, when I I think of medical care, I shared on the Geek Therapy Community Facebook group this tweet that I saw from a a pediatrician that um, said that uh, a little boy that he was working with wanted to stay a little bit longer in the telehealth session to talk about dinosaurs. (laughs) And um, I, I, I point this out because I do have clients who are very fearful of going to the doctor for a variety of reasons and very valid reasons. Um, and sometimes having a 
quote unquote human conversation with mm-hmm. your doctor has you see them as more of less lab coat, more person. Mm-hmm. So um, a, a, a tip or a self-care trick is I have my clients when they schedule out whatever their doctor's appointment going to be, they practice asking a question. So in this case, if your fandom is Disney, maybe ask your doctor who's what's your favorite Disney movie or who's yeah. your favorite Disney character. Mm-hmm practicing it will help it come out a little stronger feel a little more assertive um and and really taking the focus off of you because even though this is your medical visit you want to feel comfortable with your your provider and for especially for people who just got off maybe their parents Mm. insurance and are learning how to build relationships with a, a primary care doctor which i will also say um for our generation and this uh for millennials and and uh Gen Z, we don't really know what a general family doctor is. We don't nope. actually get one. We don't go to one regularly. Mm-hmm. There's a good chunk of it is, is systemic with finances and um, the way the system in the United States has healthcare. I don't, you know, really just acknowledging that it's a problem there. But a good chunk of it is also that I've never known how to develop a relationship. I went one because mm-hmm. my parents told me to yeah. if we did have medical care. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I'm the same way. Like when I was, you know, applying for insurance and doing all like, you know, I didn't know what a primary care manager was. I didn't even know that was the same thing as a doctor. (laughs) I was like, oh, manager, doc, wait, it's not the same. And this is me in like my late 20s at this time because, you know, I was finally put on like a steady insurance, but it's a whole nother thing. But we digress. Yes, yes. (laughs) We digress. But definitely, I mean, you make such a great point when you're talking about you know, connecting with your provider and connecting with, you know, the people. I, I mean, I can even say the same thing. As a teacher, I have to have a favorite Disney character <laughs> lined mm-hmm. up in my mind. I have to have a favorite, you know, like you said, dinosaur, if I'm working with younger students. It's just those little things that you make a world of difference when connecting with your students, with your community, with anybody, really, when you're entering a new community of, you know, let's say Disney fans. I know... Yes. Um, there are so many Facebook groups out there uh, for soloists, for people who love Star Wars, for people who are, you know, transplants in California. There's mm-hmm. so many different little uh, groups that you can introduce yourselves to um, because we're all such huge Disney fans. But, yes. you know, having those things in your mind is just, you know, those little icebreakers that help you connect a little bit smoother, I guess you could yeah. say. Yeah. Yeah. And, and really, and giving yourself time to practice them again. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, and particularly when we're talking about adults, it's hard for adults to connect and it's definitely hard for adults to create friendships if they weren't the friendships they made at work or Mm -hmm. in, in youth. Mm -hmm. Um, otherwise it's, oh, now my kid is in like uh, primary school and I have to be friends with their friends. (laughs) (laughs) Oh boy, that dynamic. I have seen that. (laughs) I can't wait till I get there. Um, On the other side of, I guess, the curtain, (laughs) because I definitely see it from like, you know, a staff point, you know, all of the parents that, you know, come to our school. And it's really interesting, those dynamics. But definitely, if, you know, the two kids have like that one special thing that they bond over, it's so much easier for the parents to connect with each other because they just want to see their kiddos happy. Um, But yeah, I mean... Even at the park sometimes, like you see just random kids coming up to each other and making friends, mm-hmm. like when they're in Toontown or when they're, you know, just taking a picture or maybe when they're in line to take a picture with a character. Mm-hmm. Those are mm-hmm. great opportunities for kids to 
talk to each other and yeah. connect with each other, building yeah. that community of future Disney fans. <laughs> yeah. And and really remembering that um, because self-care is talking about, you know, maintaining um, your own wellness, creating support systems is mm-hmm. self-care. Um, yeah. When you when you have uh, individuals that you can lean on, just like just like now we're, we're shooting this this podcast and you can lean on your family to support you in, mm-hmm. in this moment of, of self-care. Yeah, this is my self-care, y'all. <laughs> we didn't even make the 20 minutes and I got an interruption, but <laughs> I mean, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I can count maybe on so many more fingers than I have on my hands and my toes. How many, you know, times I'm just like, oh, like, I need a self-care day. Let's go to downtown Disney and, yeah. you know, just go to World of Disney and buy one thing. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, I, I have like my set friends that I can go to um, or even just going on social media and seeing how other people that I follow who I'm not even friends with, yeah. how they're expressing themselves during, you know, during lockdown, during the pandemic, even mm-hmm. now mm-hmm. that, you know, we're not in the pandemic so much anymore. Everything's starting to open up. All of the Disney influencers that I follow are dealing it in different ways. And I yeah. think that's so beautiful because mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. just represents the spectrum of our diversity in yes. the fandom. Um, I know many influencers haven't been back to the park because they're yeah. not comfortable and that's okay. Some of them have, and they have multiple times and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's what makes me feel comfort that I'm not going for quite some time because I had, you know, my reservations. I know, Ariel, you're going pretty soon. Yes. Are you doing any mental preparation for that, I guess, self-care-wise? Yes. <laughs> yes. So um, self-care-wise, uh, <laughs> uh, mental preparation is or emotional mental labor uh, is something that, that you kind of have to do check-ins with. Um, and I was I was regularly checking in if it was still something I was comfortable with. Um uh, and so part of my my self-care is I'm going with my partner. So we talk about openly, like, if certain things occur, certain things happen, you know, how we're going to address them or what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, he's uh, comfortable and fine with still wearing masks um, and having the hand sanitizer with us. I think that the the new app system that they have in, mm-hmm. in um, sort of queuing up, I think that's going to be very helpful. Um, but I, I also think, like... It, I know right now Avengers Campus is open. I know mm-hmm. I want to go. I don't need to go. I want to go. So if the line is atrocious, um, I, it may be that I'll do something else that doesn't have as much um, uh, people uh, involved or lined up that want yeah. want to be involved. And I, w- I will see that as me actively choosing myself and my needs first. That's my self-care. Yeah. And not mm-hmm. like that I've missed out on something. Right. That FOMO is huge and huge. it's a double-edged sword y'all yes um, yes so, so I, a lot of self-talk yeah, a lot of self-talk. a lot of self-talk and i think as a longtime disney goer i used to be an annual pass holder i know ariel you did too R.I.P. i know r.i.p <laughs> as i got older the more i gave myself a little bit of chill on the things that i needed to do that day mm-hmm. the more enjoyable it became to yes. be at the park and get use out of that pass i think one time me and my boyfriend at the time um he's my husband now yeah. um, <laughs> spoiler alert spent, a spoiler alert um <laughs> we just spent one day just going to the street to, to the show 
to the stores on Main Street. We didn't even go to any rides. I think it was like a super busy day. We usually tried to go on Sundays because it wasn't as busy, but for some reason it was super busy. But we were like, you know what? Let's just hit up all the stores on Main Street Mm -hmm. and go to the places that we've never really explored before. And once I kind of shifted my thinking into, oh my gosh, I have to go on this ride. I have to go on that ride. I have to eat there. Once I kind of threw all of that out the window, it was like, okay, I can still enjoy myself because Disneyland allows for that to happen. Mm -hmm. You can do certain things in the park without actually having to ride all the rides because, you know, sometimes it's just not going to happen. Sometimes there's just that many people at the park and, you know, you're battling locals. You're battling Mm -hmm. people who are on on vacation. You're battling Mm -hmm. people who you know, have been reserving these tickets for a long, long time and it you know, have never battle. been here. Mm-hmm. So you really are, there's so many variables into going to the parks that yeah. just taking that step back, breathing and saying, this is going to be okay. Yeah. I'm still going to have a good time is I think what it was kind of a game changer for me too. Um, yeah. And it allowed me to want to come back, even though I knew I couldn't do everything I wanted to go to. It was okay. Yeah. I think that, um, you know, obviously having the annual pass and being living close to Disneyland is yeah. levels of privilege. Yes, we levels of privilege. This. Yes. Um, I, but I even in, in talking about like making that mind um, shift, like just shifting your mindset. Uh, I had some clients, uh, you know, over the summer who are planning or have already gone mm-hmm. to Disney World um, and and having to to actively shift out of the idea of like, I spent all this money, I have to get like, I have to bleed this thing, I have to bleed Disney, I have to yep. get so much out of the experience mm-hmm. to the fact that I'm going out and spending time with my family is really all I wanted. I right. just wanted to go out, spend some mm-hmm. time with my family. And if I leave this vacation knowing that we enjoyed ourselves Mm -hmm. then then i did get my money's worth i did actually experience myself i was present in the moment but if you're on that ride thinking about like needing to jump off to run over to the next (laughs) ride did you really get to enjoy disney right and also like who if everyone's looking miserable and i have i I have to admit i have seen families that just look absolutely miserable at the Mm -hmm. parks are you at that point making lasting damage or are you really pushing for the best vacation ever? Um, Now that I'm a parent, I, I say, you know, my son is super young. He's not going to go on all the rides. Mm -hmm. He could probably maybe not even make it through one whole ride, (laughs) but that's okay. You know, like this is our foray into giving this as an experience to him. And I have to be okay with that. Because yeah. I don't want it to be such a traumatizing experience for him yeah. with yeah. all these people mm-hmm. um, that I never want to do it ever again. So, mm-hmm. And I think even like giving some reprieve, particularly again, if we're talking about Western societies who, mm-hmm. I, I mean, in our cultural consciousness, studies still show the mental loads on on, on women, on mothers. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, allowing moms to enjoy vacations means not not putting the pressure on yourself or them to curate and schedule everything i mean some of the best moments at disney are just random disney magic you can't plan for when that character walks by and you get to take a picture yeah so maybe it means letting go of some of the itinerary Mm -hmm. in order to really enjoy that magic and you're talking about like your young son like someone might be the bubble blower maybe all he wants yes (laughs) 
Maybe he just wants to see Dumbo in the air and not even be in the ride. And, and being okay. okay. Because yeah. that's his experience. Like mm-hmm. you, you're, you, like you said, you're gifting it to him. If it was your experience. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Things would be said in place if it was my experience. But <laughs> I had years of that to enjoy. And now it's, you know, my turn as a mother to give that Disney joy to my son. And I do the same thing with a lot of my nieces and nephews who I end up meeting at the park or I go to the park with them. It's really the little things. Like they don't have to have that princess dress. They might want it and you probably might get it for them. (laughs) And it's part of their experience. But, you know, some other kids might not want that. Some other kids Mm -hmm. might just, you know, want to just spend time with their parents. Um, Mm -hmm. I think also the level of needing to get that perfect Disney shot has added like another just like plateau of stress mm-hmm. <laughs> on parents and you know also the people working the photo pass and mm-hmm. a lot of the cast members other guests um i mean let's face it we all want that perfect disney shot but yeah. we're not always going to get it especially when there's a crowded crowded um there's a crowded place like right in front of the castle yep. Um, yep. there's that kid picking his nose in the yeah. background of your shot that you cannot crop out he's right next to your face he's right there picking his <laughs> But or you know somebody <laughs> might be proposing right behind you because yeah. <laughs> that happens all the time all the time all the time and we're going to talk about that in another episode but mm-hmm. i mean like i said there's so many variables and like getting that perfect shot is just yeah. one of those things and i know that we have friends and we will probably talk about this on another episode is where to find really good f- um photos and photo mm-hmm. opportunities at mm-hmm. the parks and what time to find those we're gonna spill the tea we're gonna spill the tea on that because we've done dapper day we've you know done proposals <laughs> we've yeah. heard of proposals yeah. um there's a lot of different scenarios and parameters mm-hmm. that need to be taken into mm-hmm. account um and disney does a great job of accommodating those things so there are ways to get that perfect shot but just know that even though you don't yourself get that perfect shot yeah. it's gonna be okay <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I think, again, you're, you're highlighting that part of self-care is like really being present in the moment, but mm-hmm. also letting go of of certain expectations. Yeah. Um, and that 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 takes a lot of mental prep to be comfortable and OK with the unexpected um, and and really cherishing the real moment versus our judgment of it. Right. So getting back to mindfulness based practices, mm-hmm. um, am I going to look at this, you know, kid in my background picking his nose as this ruined my shot? Right. Mm -hmm. Or am I going to look at this as like, oh, my gosh, this is hilarious. I had no idea. Um, And this is real Disney. (laughs) It is real. Yeah. I mean, there is Disney magic, but there's a realness that has to be like there's a there's a level of um, what do you call it? A tough a pill to swallow when it comes to being at the parks and, you know, curating all of these Disney magic photos and memories. I, I think that's a great way to think about it. Just taking that as a specific memory because who else is going to have a kid picking their nose in the background of a beautiful family picture they wish (laughs) (laughs) he's our kid now right (laughs) became the star of the show um but yeah i mean i think we've discussed so many different ways that self-care um plays a role in being a part of the disney fandom and living everyday life that Mm -hmm. you know it's something to really take into consideration moving forward as we're 
beginning to reopen, beginning yeah. to get back into our fandoms. Um, yeah. Conventions are coming back. Concerts yes. are coming back. Yeah. So, you know, Disney is going to make those opportunities available for us mm-hmm. to reconnect, um, consume yes. all sorts of media. Yes. Um, not just with Zenimation, but with all the other things that sometimes, you know, when I long into Disney Plus, I'm like, I don't even know where to start. Yeah. Oh, it becomes overwhelming. Yeah, it sure does. And I think maybe a part of that self-care is maybe going into a plan, <laughs> maybe having a little preparation into, oh, this is going to be my theme. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I know you and did in, that, right? Yes, yes. And in, including in, um, you know, with any experience that uh, some fluidity and flexibility, a plan doesn't mm-hmm. mean that that it, it must be this way. So yeah. like I... I like I mentioned before when um, Disney Plus first came out, I just I wanted to watch all the um, films that had animals. I, I talking animals seemed to be something that I wanted in the moment. And then there was uh, I was watching Arista Cats, and mm-hmm. I I finished it, and I was like, oh, I, I don't need another animal movie now. Like I I, I think I'm done with that. Um, and and I remember talking to to some friends, and they're like, but but you didn't finish, and I was like. Well, because I got what I needed. I didn't need to finish. <laughs> yeah, totally. I think when Disney Plus first came out, I was like, oh, let's watch Lady and the Tramp. And I watched it and I was like, oh, this is so cool. I have my, you know, questions about it, but let's watch something <laughs> the, else. Oh, so the new one. Like, yeah, the new one, the live action one. And I'm like, oh. And then I went right back to my favorite, you know, Disney animal movie, which was 101 Dalmatians. And I watched that again. And I'm like, okay, I feel better now. And it was just like, not a palate cleanser in the way that I didn't like Lady and the Tramp, but it, I had to go back to something that was familiar to me mm-hmm. because there were so many changes. And I think Lady and the Tramp live action was one of those changes mm-hmm. at that time. Um, but Going back to 101 Dalmatians, it was just like, oh, I have this at my disposal. Let me just yeah. watch it. And that yes. was my mini plan. Yes. Yeah. Again, if we're talking about self-care, um, knowing your go-tos, like mm-hmm. what are the things that I I know uh, give me comfort and support that, yeah. that make me feel good, good, that make me feel well or present. Yeah. Um, and you're like, I like this. I enjoy this. But now I need to, to go back to a familiar level of comfort. Yeah, for sure. I guess maybe to close out, would you want to maybe share your top three or five um go to three or five just because i know three sometimes is not enough but five might be a bit much i'll give you that option (laughs) and that's the educator in me i'm giving options to accommodate and differentiate um what are your top three or five go to's on disney plus oh my top three or five okay so um uh mulan i actually just just played it this uh this morning (laughs) nice um uh, the the uh, the animated I'll mm-hmm. specifically say animated Mulan mm-hmm. um, and animated Pocahontas um, so yes. so definitely two um, Disney mm-hmm. princesses and then um, uh, Disney weddings <laughs> <laughs> okay so here's here's the thing here's the thing with Disney weddings is like one I know I'm not going to be able to have one they are expensive but two <laughs> like the, never say never you might win something <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Um, but the sheer joy in uh, individuals just like embracing their whole selves and their partners embracing their whole selves and mm-hmm. having it sort of like on display is is yeah. just adorable, magical, wonderful, authentic. And then, <laughs> and then of course, Disney being Disney always has a surprise or a magical twist. Yeah. Um, and even and I never guess it. I never guess what they're gonna do is like their little <laughs> icing on the cake, little chef's kiss. 
Okay. I love that. I've got those three. Um, I definitely uh, finished all of the first, there's seasons of Zenimation. So I've definitely finished all the first seasons of (laughs) Zenimation. I'm on episode three of the second season. Um, And Uh that one has, has imagery from, uh, uh, Raya the Last Dragon. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't seen it yet, so I'm super excited to to play that and have a little zen moment. Um, But yeah, I love the landscapes and the soundtracks, and I'm such a huge fan of um, Alan Menken and um, Hans Zimmer, who did so many of the soundtracks. I even did, I remember in high school, I did a project on Hans Zimmer because I loved his soundtrack so, so much. Um, Of course, for like Beauty and the Beach, Little Mermaid, um, Mm -hmm. so many other things that he did. Uh, But yeah, definitely that was what I loved about Zenimation. Um, But yeah, for my my top three, I'm going to do three because like, in the library of things that I watch. I'm just going to be like, let's just pick three. The first three that I'd go to. Definitely it was 101 Dalmatians. That was one of the first things that I watched. Just because I love um, the jazz and the the representation of jazz in the beginning. And I love puppies. (laughs) And I've always loved that movie. Um, From, you know, if you guys did listen to our last podcast with Josue and Lara, um, our conversation about Cruella, like... that you know just totally played to my heartstrings because I love 101 Dalmatians. Mm-hmm. Um, another one that I just played actually after watching Luca was uh, <gasps> Toy Story 2. It is my favorite Toy Story movie um, with you know Woody discovering that he is super famous and yes. I I think that is my favorite Toy Story. Um, biased, I think it's the best Toy Story. I know the first <laughs> one's great, but the second one really like. It was on that level. You're um, in the same company as my partner's nephew. He says that is the best movie it is ever. The best one. Um, all the way up until like the end in the airports. It's just everything about that movie. Um, the whole I am your father with there's so many things. I can quote that movie back and forth. I <laughs> Maybe love we should Toy do an episode. Too. I know. Oh my gosh. I would love that. Um but the third one that I always go to is Lilo and Stitch. It mm. is something that I just play in the background. Um I would I used to memorize those songs, sing my heart out. I know no Hawaiian whatsoever, <laughs> but I did when you know when that came out. Um, but I just love just Stitch and everything about his craziness, and um, I love Lilo and just her lying on the floor playing her Elvis records, mm-hmm. wanting to tell everyone to go away. Yeah. <laughs> that was me. Um, but I will always go back to that movie because I love it so much. So those are my top three. Yeah. Well, uh, we want to thank everybody for uh, listening to this episode of The Happiest Pod on Earth. Again, I'm Ariel. And I'm Stephanie. And uh, this is a place where we dissect Disney mediums with a critical lens. Yep. We will see you guys next time on our podcast. Um, make sure to also follow us on Twitter at HappiestPodGT and our Instagram at HappiestPodGT, where we are going to give you guys updates on all the Disney things that we are doing and also um, updates on the upcoming events and shows and movies that are coming up because we are probably just as excited as you. Yay. Bye. <laughs> Bye-bye.